Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast, and I know the episodes have been coming out a little late. I'm sorry about that. Um, And so I just want to thank y'all for listening, and I cannot wait for y'all to hear this conversation. I'm hoping you are encouraged and built up by it. Uh, Without further ado, here is our conversation. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, this is Jose. If you have not uh, listened to the podcast, this is your first time. My name is Jose. Uh, so today we actually have a guest, another guest on the podcast who is a good friend of mine uh, who I got to meet actually through First Priority. No, no, C2. Through C2 first. I that's, met you at C2, but you got me connected to first person. That's right. So that's right. Before, so we, we go way back. Yeah. I so I met him through C2, uh, and which is really cool. Uh, if you don't know what C2 is, it's a college young adult ministry here in Odessa at Crossroads Fellowship um, here in Odessa. So um, that's how we met. We met through that, which is super cool. Um, so... Uh, let's kick it off with just a little bit. Let me give you a little bit of information about who Marcus is, and I'll let Marcus give more information about himself. So Marcus is from Wisconsin. He actually is a youth pastor here at the Bridge Church, right across from the world-renowned Ratliff Stadium. And, uh, and he's a youth pastor there. So uh, yeah, he serves with their youth ministry, leads it, heads it, and um, it's super cool to see what God has done through that church and through what he's done through Marcus. And so, um, yeah, take it away. Give us some more information about yourself. Yeah, thanks, Jose. It's good to be on your podcast, and it's good to be your friend, man. Uh, yeah, it's cool how through God's thanks. providence, he's brought us together through C2 about two years ago now almost. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and I appreciate you introducing me to First Priority. And I get to go to First Priority and hang out with, with uh, Jose and his ministry that basically shares a meal with the students during their lunch period um, mm-hmm. on Thursday afternoons. And I've been able to make a lot of connections through First Priority with some students from OHS, and I get to see my own youth students who eat lunch there as well. So I'm very blessed by the friendship of Jose. But yeah, I moved here from Wisconsin, Menominee, Wisconsin, uh, almost two years ago this summer. It'll be it'll mark two years. So um, yeah, I went to college at Wheaton College in West Chicago, Illinois, and graduated there in 2018. And then I worked as a cashier in Eau Claire, Wisconsin for that summer. And then right after that summer, or during that summer, I moved down here to, to be a youth pastor. So why did I move from Menominee, Wisconsin, which is darn near Canada, to Odessa, Texas, which is darn near Mexico? I still don't fully know, but God has led me down here into the desert and he's sustained me for the last two years. And he's really blessed my experience with awesome people like Jose and these youth students that I get to see week in and week out. Even though I haven't seen them for a couple weeks now, at least face to face, I've been able to see them over Zoom calls. And also been able to drop off gift bags at their houses these last couple weeks as well. But it hasn't been that ex- that sustained face to face contact that I used to have. But it's it's been a good experience, and I appreciate you talking about the world renowned Ratliff Stadium as well, because my office actually does look out at the stadium. That's a probably great view. It is. It is a nice view. It's probably one of the nicest in Odessa, which might not be saying a lot. <laughs> but the view from the Prosperity Bank 10th uh, floor that we are doing this interview on has a pretty nice view over Odessa yeah, as well. I use, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm astounded at just how flat this place actually is. Uh, yep, it's very true. It's very, it's very true. Yeah. But Rallis Stadium is a pretty big complex. And I had actually heard of Odessa, Texas long before... I moved down to Odessa because of Friday Night Lights. And I yep. watched the football movie Friday Night Lights before my first varsity start in high school when I was a sophomore. Wow. Just kind of get motivated. So me and Odessa go way that. back. I was a fan of Permian High School. Wow. You know, I didn't know about this. it. I hadn't watched awesome. the show because I heard the show isn't as true to Trash. actually. Yeah. It's, Sorry. It's a, for any of you... Friday Night Lights TV show fans out there. No offense, yeah, but it's trash. It is. Uh, so <laughs> I, I can't actually speak to it. I haven't seen it, but it's just, it doesn't surround around the town. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a good 
show i guess the storyline's okay but yeah it's just not true to the area and it's not even filmed in odessa so no um but i remember mike winchell and booby miles and wanted to be like those guys and stuff so and it's funny the last scene that they are in the parking lot throwing the football Mm -hmm. back and forth one another and they're about to graduate or their season is just finished or whatever Mm -hmm. and they're talking about moving on from high school from that parking lot you can actually see where our church is now located mm-hmm. in the background of the, of the movie. It's just a desert in, in the movie, but now there's actually a structure there called the bridge. Yeah. And um, when I when I came down here to visit in June of 2018 to interview, I was like, wow, I'm amazed that it's this close to this structure that I basically almost worshipped growing up <laughs> before I was a Christian. <laughs> worshipped, in one sense, Friday Night Lights and being revered among... Um, you know, my high school peers and, and being a football mm-hmm. god, that was my dream. <laughs> oh my gosh. But so it's been, it's been a crazy journey since then and um, I've been really blessed by Odessa, Texas and, and the people that have been here. It's definitely been a transition for sure. Yeah. But uh, God has, has been good and it's just, just a reminder that God has brought me down here for a purpose. Mm-hmm. The fact that I'm looking out at that stadium yeah. every day, it's a, it's a weird reminder to me Yeah. that, that God's working and moving. Yeah, no, I think super funny because it's like not about the ending, mm-hmm. but about the whole uh, Friday Night Lights thing. Because uh, if you don't know about Odessa, Texas, go watch Friday Night Lights. You will know who Odessa, Texas is and where it's located. Um, well known amongst many, many people. Like I just give you a little background on the stadium itself. It's like holds up to what? How many people? Probably like 20,000. 20, 20, more. yeah, 20,000 plus. Sta- some stands and bleachers and stuff, which they've done in the past. Definitely. Yeah, like it's 20,000 people, and Odessa, all of Odessa does not fit. Can, can I tell you, like, when the rivalry game happens, which is between mm-hmm. Permian High School and Odessa High School, you cannot buy, you literally have to buy a ticket the morning that the box, op- box office opens. Yeah. Just because those seats will sell out really quickly. Um, and when and I got so to, when I got crazy. to, uh, by God's grace, I got to speak to Permian's FCA uh, back in yeah. September. And that was just like, it was a really surreal experience <coughs> for me. Yeah. Because these were the guys and they're like 14, 15 years old, you know, these are mm-hmm. the guys that I like wanted to be when I was a kid. I'm getting to now preach speak, the gospel to them to which them. was amazing it was in their weight room it was right before a workout yes and their weight room is massive there's like 200 oh, kids huge. crawling on the walls in this weight room yeah and i brought some breakfast burritos in for them to eat and i, I brought like 80 burritos and they were gone in you know 0.2 seconds and the coach even made a joke he's like well i guess the the moral of the story is that the early bird gets the burrito <laughs> and i'm sorry I, I felt terrible because i'm like number one i didn't bring enough burritos and number two Y'all are gonna puke these up in about 20 minutes at the end of this message, and you're gonna work gonna out. I'm yes. like, why would you eat before you just work out? Yes. So it was it was wild, but all that yes. to just kind of say, I'm just amazed at how God has worked in mysterious ways. Yeah. Now I'm able to, I was able to talk to them and hang out with them and have students in the youth group from those schools mm-hmm. and it's yeah, really, really weird full circle kind of. Thing. Yeah, no, and that's super cool because now um, we're. Today, our, our whole topic is on purpose, like what we're talking about. And um, and it's crazy because I think, like, I don't think anything's an accident with God. Mm-hmm. And that's why this po- podcast is created, just because I know nothing's an accident with God. Because everything he does, it's on purpose. Whether it's somebody who doesn't believe in Jesus or a believer, like, he, it, it's on purpose and for a reason. Um so, you, you bringing up purpose, it's interesting because what is, so I would, I like to ask this question, what do you think purpose is in your own words, and why do you believe purpose is that? Like, why do you believe that's what purpose means? Mm. Well, Jose, I think purpose is having something to live for and die for. Mm. Um, John Piper talks about in his book, Don't Waste Your Life, mm. maybe you've Great read that book, book or Great yeah, book. I've heard of the yes. book, yeah, phenomenal book if you haven't read it. To be honest, I haven't actually read it, but I heard his talk on Don't Waste Your Life that he gave at Passion in 2000, I think it was. And he says something along the lines of, in that talk, he says, you don't have to know a lot mm-hmm. in order to make a difference, mm-hmm. but you have to know a few things and know them well and be willing to live for them and die for them. 
Mm. You got to know a few things well and be willing to live for them and die for them. And I think that's what purpose is. Because if you don't know how to die well, then you don't really know how to live well. Mm. And so having something to live for and to die for and to stake your life upon, you're going to have a, a purposeful, meaningful, fruitful mm-hmm. life. And as a brother in Christ that you are, you and I both know that the only true purpose that we can fulfill as human beings is to glorify Christ and mm-hmm. bring people to Him. That is the most fulfilling mm-hmm. purpose and hope that we have. Mm-hmm. And the Bible also tells us that we do not grieve as those who have no hope mm-hmm. or purpose. When somebody passes away, it says we don't grieve as other people, as the world grieves, because mm-hmm. we have a hope and we have a purpose that's beyond this life. And Mm-hmm. And our purpose is to, in one sense, live for the next world and mm-hmm. to live in light of eternity. Yeah. That's that's what we want to be living for and dying for. Yeah. No, I find that uh, you bring up eternity interesting just because I think of it's Ecclesiastes 3.11 or 3.10 where God has um, basically Solomon, wisest man who's ever lived other than Jesus, like says that God has placed eternity in the hearts of of man. Mm -hmm. And it's like that part of eternity can only be be completely fulfilled Mm -hmm. with God himself. Mm -hmm. Like that's the part that yearns for God. Mm -hmm. But then like us as humans, we're messed up human beings. We try to fill in that eternal Mm -hmm. with something that's not eternal, which is completely useless in that in that area so i think that's super cool um and and you're right jose because paul is constantly reminding mm -hmm. his people in the Mm -hmm. churches throughout his letters especially the church in colossae in colossians Mm -hmm. chapter 3 verses 1 through 4 he says set your mind on the things above set your heart Mm -hmm. on the things above because you have died your life is hidden with christ and god Mm -hmm. and when he appears in glory you'll appear with him Mm-hmm. Your job is to set your mind and your purpose and your hope on the things above and live in light of such things. Mm-hmm. And everything else will fall into place underneath that. But if you mm-hmm. set your mind on eternal things, you're going to miss out in glory. I think C.S. Lewis says, like, if you set your mind on heaven and glory and the, and the things of, of God above, mm-hmm. you will get everything else thrown in as well, earth mm-hmm. included. Mm-hmm. Set your mind on heaven, you'll get earth thrown in as well. Mm-hmm. But if you set your mind on the things of the earth and on mm-hmm. the things below, you will get neither. Yeah. You'll miss yeah. out on both. So, and that's exactly what Paul is saying throughout the letters. And, yeah. and whenever we sin, Jose, I would say it's a result of us not hoping in the right things, mm-hmm. seeking to please God who is in heaven above, and setting <coughs> our minds on the things that are above. That's the result mm-hmm. of every single sin. We're not ultimately satisfied in God enough. So we settle for the things that are below. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just because those things are, um, the things that are in front of us are temporal. They're only, they will only last for a moment. Mm -hmm. Like temporal gratification, whether it's through, and like, you know, whether it's through, through something that you're watching or you're not supposed to be watching Mm -hmm. Or whatever it is, like it's going to kind of last for a moment, yeah. and then that moment disappears, and then you're still not satisfied. So it's like, man, I think of Matthew six thirty three: seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be given unto you. And I think of uh, there's one translation that I like reading. It's the Passion translation. It says, seek first uh, His kingdom, basically, mm-hmm. and all these lesser things will mm-hmm. be given unto you. Mm-hmm. It's like, it emphasizes lesser. Because mm. these things are lesser. It makes yeah. the, 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 the contrast between the, his righteousness and what we think is righteousness. And they're still good things, so, right? They're, they're still not, good yeah. because every good and perfect gift comes from above. Yeah, then it's not necessarily bad. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad, but you're right. We do set our hearts on the things rather on the giver yeah. of the things. And yeah. that's idolatry. That's the root of idolatry. Yeah, and so where's your like where where's your heart at? What are you seeking? And because once you and I actually I mentioned this in the last podcast about um, Hasidic Hasidic Jews where this guy asked this rabbi a question, says, what does purpose mean? Uh, the rabbi is like, well, you have to flip the question around because purpose isn't the thing you're doing. Purpose comes from knowing who your creator is. Mm-hmm. 
And that is where your purpose comes from, knowing your creator and believing and knowing when you know your creator, you'll know your purpose and then that fuels your passion and whatever it's doing. So I think it's interesting because it's like, I think, like you said, if we put our hope in the things that we see, our hope, our identity is in the thing we see, not in who God is. And so I think it's super cool that. Yeah. Um, that you, I mean, just bring that up. So. Yeah. And, and John Calvin too, in his book, The Institutes, which is a massive, I haven't read it, like most of it, but it's like a yeah. two volume set, like 4,000 pages, it's a complete doorstop. <laughs> but in his first chapter, The Institutes, he talks about in order to truly understand yourself, mm-hmm. you have to truly understand your creator. Mm-hmm. That's a lifelong process. Oh, to be yeah. able to assess what your creator <coughs> says about you, mm-hmm will allow you to accurately assess yourselves. Mm. But oftentimes, Jose, we assess ourselves through our assessment of others. Mm. That's why we say, oh, I'm not that bad of a person because I don't sin as badly as this person or that person or the other mm-hmm. person. And we're measuring ourselves by ourselves, mm. which is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians is wicked. That's dumb. Mm-hmm. You have to see what your creator says about you because he knows you fully and how many hairs are on your head. Mm-hmm. And um, he knows you by name. It's like he knows the stars by name. He calls mm-hmm. them out by name. He certainly knows you by name. Mm-hmm. So in order to have purpose, we have to understand the mm-hmm. God who gives us purpose and who created us for a purpose. Mm-hmm. He created us for himself, for his own glory. Mm-hmm. And that's not, a, that's not a selfish ordeal by God because he knows that the only thing that can ultimately satisfy us, Jose, mm-hmm. is by glorifying him. Yeah. Glorifying him. Yeah. Westminster Confession of Faith. And the first question that that confession asks, it says, um, what is the chief end of mankind? Mm. In order, in other words, what's the purpose of life? Mm-hmm. First question in the Westminster Catechism, it says, what is the chief end of man? And the answer to that question, according to the catechism, is the chief end of man is to glorify God mm. and mm. enjoy him forever. Mm-hmm. to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Those are not at odds with one another. We mm-hmm. enjoy God by glorifying him and vice versa. That's how mm-hmm. we get enjoyment. That's how we get purpose. And like we talked about earlier, John Piper, he talks about how our joy mm-hmm. is, what does he say? Um, God is most glorified in us when we are most, most satisfied. Most satisfied in him. In him. Yeah. Amen. We're yeah. satisfied in God. We're going to enjoy life the most. We're going to have a purpose-filled life. It's going to mm-hmm. be a fruitful life. And that's the exact life that God has created for us. He's our creator. Mm-hmm. And he knows how to give us purpose and joy. And it's yeah. seeking after him. Yeah, that's awesome. I like that. Um, so I like I like that definition because, you know, we kind of just went and just expanded on it. And I love, I love that. Um, so to talk about what is, so what, how has faith played in finding your purpose like or finding out what you know you what you're doing now how has faith played into that you talk about being a youth pastor and going to Wheaton College well-known college well-known Christian college in the nation and in the world people know what Wheaton is you know um, I think was it Wheaton where Billy Graham yeah went, Billy Graham right? went there that's our one of our friends and John Piper also yeah so, so Wheaton Wheaton's where like you get Billy Graham and you got John Piper I mean come yeah. on and then I fell really far far from the tree so I'm not anywhere in the league of any of those guys <laughs> but there were people in my classes who just ran circles around me theologically there's brilliant mm-hmm. people that that go there yeah and the only reason that I got in there was because of football. Um, because recruit, I mean, to be honest, like yeah. those guys are shooting 34, 35 ACTs and they had to use a bunch of recruiting points, they called it, on me because they get so many points per graduating class to be able to recruit. So they get like 30 points. And if you score so low on the ACT, they have to use like a point or two or whatever for oh, their wow. entire class. So they had, I was a, I a couple that. pointer uh, to, in order to get <laughs> me into Wheaton, man. Um, but yeah, so purpose and man, I, I just think that behind every move that you make in life or even just a practice that you have in life whether it's waking up to do a morning devotional or going and serving at a food bank or whatever every purpose every move that you make in life whether it's from moving to odessa texas or it's waking up to do a daily devotional everything that you do in life has a doctrine behind it mm-hmm. there's a theology behind it there's a belief system behind mm-hmm. that had i not become a christian on April 11, 2014, 
and God regenerated me and gave me a new heart and literally stopped me in my path of willful sinning and rebelling against him and created a new heart within me. If God had not done that on April 11, 2014, I would not have gone to Wheaton College. And I certainly wouldn't have moved on to Odessa, Texas so that I could be quarantined with him in books and reading and with God and ministry and all these things. I mean, people look at this decision and they scratch their head. And I look at this decision and I scratch my head. But yeah. I'm affirmed that God, what he has begun in you, he will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. He, will, mm-hmm. he will move you. He will stir in your heart. He will send you places. He will do X, Y, and Z things with you, all because he is the one that is working in and through mm-hmm. you. Like Paul says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. For it is God who works in you mm-hmm. to will and to act in order mm-hmm. to fulfill his good purpose. Philippians mm-hmm. 2, 12 and 13. God is fulfilling a good purpose in Jose and Marcus Smith, and he is working in us to will and to desire the things of God so that he can send us where he wants us to be sent to accomplish his good purpose in the world. And we get to joyfully be caught up in that participation, be caught up in what God is doing here on earth, and we get to say, thy kingdom come, and we get to participate in that. Yeah. But um, without faith, I, I am nothing. I don't know where I am. I'm going to be dead in a ditch in Duluth, Minnesota. That's where I was going to go to college. It was the University of Minnesota Duluth. I had signed a football wow. scholarship there and was going to leave with hopefully no debt. But then God regenerated me on April 11, 2014, when I got a book called Not a Fan by Kyle Eidelman. Ooh, great book. Phenomenal book, right? Great book. Just confronts false followers of Jesus. He's called <laughs> sure you out. Does. So you get a book recommendation list from the stuff we're talking about here. And it's you're going to have a nice little library because there's a lot of good stuff yes, in these books you're talking yes. about. But, um, yeah, not a fan. He confronted me through that book, and my whole life changed. Mm-hmm. Like the Apostle Paul, right? What was he doing before God regenerated him on the road to Damascus? He's killing Christians. He's sending Christians to their deathbeds, bro. <laughs> yeah. Sending them in prison. Leaving town to go find these Christians. He was bloodthirsty, he describes himself in his letters. Yeah. He was zealous. He, was, he describes himself as zealous for God which is just totally not true. Yeah. He thought he was. He was a Pharisee. He was, you know, uh, a studier of the law and a persecutor of Christians. And he thought he was doing these things to please God, but he wasn't. So he's literally going on the path to persecute Christians when God appears to him and sends him the exact opposite direction and changes his entire life. Sends yeah. him into a desert for three years in Arabia mm-hmm. so that he could be cornered with God, to study with God, and be equipped for ministry, a lifetime of ministry thereafter, before he was beheaded by Nero for his faith. So you think about him killing yeah, other Christians. He literally, he literally did not stop talking until no. Nero beheaded him. I know. it's a, Tar he, was poured on the man. Dude. Like, not just once, not just twice. Definitely more than three times. And even him being crucified, because he said he wasn't worthy to be crucified mm. like Jesus was. He was crucified upside down. And even being crucified upside down did not stop sharing the gospel about who Jesus was, which is crazy to me. Cause it's like, this man was willing to give up his whole life for the one who gave up his life for them. So it's like, man, yeah. and it's crazy. Th- you think about that <laughs> radical shift, right? Because yeah. he's going to put Christians to death and then he ends up dying for being a Christian. Yeah. God did the exact opposite with him that he was thinking about doing. Yeah. And so that's, that's what happened to me. That's what's happened to you, to anybody in Christ. You've done a 180. That's what repentance means. It's a, it's a changing of mind. It's a changing of heart, a changing of attitude to go in the exact opposite direction mm-hmm. that you were going, once going. Because you were once going to hell in a handbasket with the rest of the world, and you could care less about it. Mm-hmm. But when God changes your heart, gives you a new one, you start running the exact opposite direction. Yeah. You start swimming upstream, and the world starts hating you. Mm-hmm. Because if you were of the world, Jesus says in John chapter 15 or 16, says, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But now that I've chosen you out of the world, the world hates you just as it's hated me. Mm-hmm. So we can take courage. That's mm-hmm. what the Apostle Paul took courage in. It's the mm-hmm. fact that he was being hated because that meant that he was genuine. Mm-hmm. Praise God that we receive persecution and hatred and criticism because it's an affirmation that we have a life of purpose. Mm-hmm. And that's a testimony against the world for not living their true life of purpose in mm-hmm. Christ. Mm-hmm. No, that's, it. that's awesome. I, I love that. Um, and so what led you to do you, to do ministry? What, what, uh, in, in perp, like knowing this now, like what has led you to this place? Like, yeah. per, um, ministry in general. Yeah. 
When I became a Christian in April of my senior year, mm -hmm. I worked in a cornfield detasseling corn for the entire summer. Oh, wow. Eight hours a day, five, six, seven days a week sometimes. Wow. One of the hardest jobs ever. But I listened to sermons on an iPod shuffle. I didn't have a smartphone until like two, <laughs> two years ago on June 1st, 2018. That'll be the two year mark that I've had a smartphone. So I'm relatively new to the smartphone game, but I had a flip phone <laughs> and I had an iPod shuffle and I actually lost this iPod on my last day of work in oh. the bushes. It's probably good because I probably would idolize this iPod just because how much it meant to me. Mm -hmm. But I had a $50 gift card and I've loaded up 52 songs on it, a lot of worship songs on there. Oh my god! I was just becoming a Christian, you know, you're yes. kind of on fire, you can't get enough of it. And I loaded up that iPod Shuffle, Jose, with sermons upon sermons upon sermons. And I got like a mini seminary education almost in the cornfield that summer while detasseling corn, sweating <laughs> my, my face off that entire summer. But while I was listening to this information, I'm like, wow, I can't get enough of the Bible. Mm. I, I would go home and I would read it at night, I'd fall asleep to it, and wake up, read it, and then I'd go and listen to sermons all day. I'm like, I can't get enough of this stuff. Mm. And I remember looking at the course catalog at Wheaton College because I'd signed with Duluth to play football, right? <laughs> and yeah. I was still committed to Duluth. Yeah. And I'm having some really severe life purpose questions right now. And I looked at the course catalog at Wheaton and it said that you could take classes on King David and New Testament and Old Testament Christ, like you're going to be taken, right? Mm -hmm. and, you, and for the first time in my life, Jose, I got so excited to be able to study about the New Testament and the Old Testament. And the words are jumping awesome. off the page at me for the first time in my life. And that's because I had a new heart. I had yeah. the Holy Spirit in me that was illuminating the text for me, mm -hmm. getting me excited about it. It was almost as if the text was in 3D. It was an highlighter. Awesome. And so I'm like, you know, I just want to go to study the Bible somewhere. And Wheaton College had recruited me my senior year, of, actually my junior year of high school. They're the maybe sophomore year. They're the first college to ever recruit me. And I actually committed to Minnesota Duluth while I was on my visit to Wheaton College. I committed in the lobby at 7 a.m. I had my roommate who was hosting me for the visit wake me up in the morning and I called another college and committed to them. Kind of like the Apostle Paul. You're on, you're on the exact opposite direction. <laughs> yeah. And this is typified by me committing in the lobby of Wheaton College. And I knew that they were a Bible school and they played football and I could even run track there. I'm like, this is the best of a bunch of different worlds here. And it's a great education mm -hmm. and I don't belong there. <laughs> so it'd be good for me. <laughs> so I, I went to Wheat College and I just knew that I wanted to study the Bible. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just was following the desire that God had put in my heart at that moment. And mm -hmm. for me, that was to learn more about the Bible and to understand the text mm -hmm. better than I could right now. I didn't know what that would lead to. Mm -hmm. I remember my dad telling me after I decommitted from Duluth and I wanted to go to the University of Minnesota and walk on at a D1 school. I wanted to transfer from Duluth. That wasn't my goal to stay there. I wanted oh, to follow the okay. idol of football. I wanted to yeah. play on the big stage and all this stuff. A little 5'9", <laughs> white cornerback. Uh, those numbers don't really go well together. <laughs> I'm trying to play D1. <clears throat> but so I, I, I just wanted to study the Bible. And so I, I wound up at Wheaton College and while I got there, I was like, you know, I kind of want to start working with students, be able to talk about the Bible with students. Mm -hmm. So I ended up serving at a fifth grade ministry every Wednesday night um, at College Church, which was the local church right next to Wheaton College. It was very intimately associated with the college. And so I could just walk over there on Wednesday nights. And I literally would pull out, well, before I get this, when I would give lessons on Wednesday nights, um, you'd go up to the whiteboard and you'd you know, write down the lesson and the verses and talk about it and erase mm -hmm. words and try to memorize it together with the fifth graders and stuff. It was really fun. Yeah. But for these lessons, I'd try to put a decent amount of preparation into them. So I'd have like a little transcript on a piece of paper that I'd be working through while I'm teaching this lesson. Well, in college, you're really, really busy. You got classwork, you got ministry, you got mm -hmm. your sleep schedule, you got your social life on top of it, as you know. You're not a very social guy, Jose, I have noticed. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I know this quarantine's been easy for you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I know you're just basking in it. But, <laughs> but so what I would do is since I didn't have a ton of time is when I was at practice, I would bring with me these little transcripts that I'd put inside my practice pants on the football field. And it, it, because I would have to go eat for 10 minutes and then walk over to college church, mm -hmm. you know, right after practice, I wouldn't even shower sometimes. This is disgusting, but I had to get in cause I wanted to get in. I just, I, I could not quench this fire that God had placed mm -hmm. within me. And so I would practice in between reps 
on the lesson that I was gonna give that afternoon. I would be on the sideline pulling out a piece of paper and looking through it and then, Smith, pay attention! And then I'd put it back in my pants and then go out on the field and practice again. <laughs> you know, and it's just amazing how God has, has kind of done that. And I, I, I loved every second of it. And I also served at an FCA ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're familiar with FCA, it's Fellowship of Christian Athletes mm-hmm. where you get um, middle school through high school students together and talk about the gospel with them. And it's an athlete-centered environment, but non-athletes mm-hmm. can go as well. And so I worked at FCA every Friday morning um, at Glenbard West High School, which is a local high school, and I got to hang out with students and give messages and coordinate some events and those types of things with them. So I worked every Wednesday and then every Friday morning at 6 a.m. for four years at Wheaton College. Mm-hmm. And then I worked as a summer camp counselor for the three summers during college as well in southern Missouri, basically Arkansas. No Canacook, right? Canacook, yeah, good yeah. memory. Canacook for two summers and then Kids Across America, which is basically okay. an inner city version of of Canacook, a satellite oh. campus of, of Canacook, oh, Kids Across okay. America. Okay. So I was getting exposed, Jose, from every direction to ministry. Yeah. And I didn't know a ton of the logistical parts of ministry, like event planning and mm-hmm. parent communication and those type of things. But God was helping me and sharpening me in regards to the people part mm-hmm. of ministry. Mm-hmm. Interacting with, gosh, first I, I worked with first grade inner city students mm-hmm. from inner city Chicago, inner city Dallas, inner city Oklahoma City, and they were all in the cabin with me. I worked with from inner city first graders to, to 12th grade students from the suburban environment. So God mm-hmm. exposed me from first graders all the way through 12th graders, exactly what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. It's just on a different scale. Yeah, on a full-time scale. God had exposed me through his grace to those things, and he was preparing me for ministry Mm -hmm. before I even knew that I needed preparation for Mm -hmm. it. And all of us are in ministry, but some of us, you know, we're like in quote-unquote full-time ministry, and then we're prone to think, oh, well, the people who work at the banks and people who work at McDonald's and people who work at X, Y, and Z places, they're not really doing ministry, Mm -hmm. and that's so false. Everybody yeah. has a ministry. Mm-hmm. Everybody's working with people. Everybody has mm-hmm. to, to preach the gospel in some respect yeah. to the people around them, the, the yeah. sphere of influence that God has given you. Yeah. And so I was just being faithful to the station that God had put me in and being faithful to desi- the desires that he had put me, that he had put inside my heart mm. at the time. And that's your job as a Christian. Is yeah. number one, to follow the, the godly desires that he puts in your heart. And then number two, use it to influence others. If Come you do those now. two things, you're going to have a life of purpose. Whether you are working at McDonald's or whether you're in the middle of nowhere, Texas, because you moved from Wisconsin, yeah. God is going to use you in yeah. mighty ways. Yeah. And you just have to be faithful and watch him and sit back and do it. Yeah, and no, I think that's so cool because, like, people, people think, especially believers, well, specifically to believers who are in the marketplace, who are in in different industries uh, of the marketplace people think well I can't be a minister Mm -hmm. or I can't minister to someone because it's not full time ministry I'm like "Uh, no actually you can you can can. you're called to and we're commanded to yeah like we're called to go to make disciples of all the nations like Matthew 28 says 18 Mm -hmm. 18 through 20 says um Jesus says, I've been given all authority on heaven and earth and go and teach, go into the world, into Judea, Samaria, and the rest of the world, teaching them everything that I've taught you, mm. baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and I will always be with you, even, even to the end of the age. I just, like, summarized three different scriptures together. Amen, I love it. But uh, it's just the whole idea of, like, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It's like... Judea is equivalent to your local sphere of influence, where you're placed at, mm. where, you, you know, you're talking about being placed somewhere. Your, mm. your Judea yeah. is that area, Absolutely. is that place. Your Samaria is the city you're in. Mm. And to the ends of the earth, the world. Mm. Like, there are people, literally, if, you, if you're living where, where we currently live, in oil country... You literally have people from all over the world who live here. Mm-hmm. Not a coincidence. Mm. <laughs> Completely on purpose. Because these people come from countries that don't necessarily let the gospel be shared. Or 
just they come from an atheist background whatever that is like or come from a a background where they were hurt by the church and they don't want to be taught talk to other christians Mm -hmm. it's and i love that you emphasize wherever you're at that's where you're called to be and that's your ministry and that's where you're supposed to be at god doesn't do anything Mm -hmm. by accident Mm -hmm. because if we if we have that thinking that he does things by accident then we won't do anything with it. There's, we won't do anything with that. We won't do anything with the, what he's called us to do. Like, we will think, oh, well, if that was an accident, then that was an accident. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7, he says, stay in the condition in which you were called when you were a Christian. Mm-hmm. In that context, he's talking about circumcision. He says, if you weren't circumcised before you are a Christian, well, then don't become circumcised. Well, if you are circumcised, well, then just stay as circumcised. It's no big deal. But don't change your position. Mm-hmm. Just because you're a Christian, you think you have to go to Africa to become a missionary. Yeah. God, like you said, God, God knows what he's doing. And he converts you and he re- regenerates you in a certain place mm-hmm. and in a certain time of history. Yeah. So he can accomplish a certain purpose in and through you. Just like with Paul in Damascus, right? Mm-hmm. The first thing that he tells Paul to do after he's converted on the road to Damascus, he says, go into Damascus mm-hmm. and there... I will show you what to do. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you have to do yet, Paul, but your job is to just follow the inclination that I've put in your heart right now, mm-hmm. and there I will show you what to do. He doesn't give him the blueprint. Yeah. He doesn't tell him that he's going to end up dying for his faith one day. He yeah. just has to be day-to-day faithful. He, he's blind at this point. He can't even see <laughs> yeah. because God has absolutely just blown yeah. his mind, and, and it's, it's brighter than the noonday sun when God appeared to him, and mm-hmm. Jesus appeared to him on the road. He can't even see. So he just has to blind faith trust that god's going to meet him in damascus and there from there he will show him what to do and you also bring a really good point with the great commission when jesus says all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me go therefore and make disciples of all nations Mm -hmm. that in my mind almost seems like a contradiction doesn't it yeah yeah when jesus says i have all authority to do whatever I want. I can change people just like I changed Paul on the road to Damascus. Mm-hmm. I don't need your help. I can appear to whoever the heck I want to appear to and I can change their life on the spot. I have all authority yeah. in heaven and on earth to do whatever I want to do. But you, go. Therefore, in light of the fact that I have all authority mm-hmm. in heaven and on earth to do whatever I want, yeah. you go and make disciples of all nations. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, okay, God, well, are you in control or am I in control? Mm. And yeah. God is telling the disciples and he's telling us through mm-hmm. that command given to the disciples before he sends into heaven. He's telling us, because I have all authority, mm-hmm. I can work through whoever I want to work through. Yeah. And that included the disciples who are with Jesus on the mountain. Mm-hmm. And a few verses before that, it said that some of them had doubted. Mm-hmm. Some of them doubted Jesus. They could see the, the, the nails, the nail marks in his hands and in mm-hmm. his side and in his feet and whatnot. And they still doubted. And Jesus says, go therefore, and I will work through you. And I will preach the gospel mm-hmm. through your words. And I will grant repentance to whoever I want to grant repentance to mm-hmm. through your words. Mm-hmm. The Great Commission is an awesome awesome opportunity and a blessing and that we are not worthy of mm-hmm. who are wor- who's worthy of these things paul says in second Corinthians. Mm-hmm. he says we're not i'm not worthy of these things i'm a jar yeah. of clay yeah but we have the ministry of reconciliation mm-hmm. committed to us and that is such an awesome mm-hmm. opportunity because god could do whatever he wants whenever he wants to do it mm-hmm. and grant people repentance and he could his kingdom could come right now mm-hmm. his will could be done on earth as it is in heaven right now and we could be standing with come him in on. glory yeah but He's chosen to preach through us. We get to participate in the things that he's doing on this earth. And to not do so would be to just despise the gift. We don't think it's a gift. We think it's a burden that we have to uh, talk to people about Jesus. It's not a burden. God gets to Mm -hmm. make disciples of all nations through us. And in our context here in Odessa, Texas, you're right, Jose. There are people from all over the world living amongst us. And yeah. for, for me as a pastor, a lot of times those people, they know what they're getting into when they come into our church or our office. They know that they're going to get the Bible. Mm-hmm. But when you're working as a bank teller or working at a McDonald's or just working out in the community, you have access to areas that pastors do not have access to. And you have influence that a pastor does not have influence in a sense. Mm-hmm. Because 
you're, you've infiltrated a place where a quote-unquote Bible guy couldn't infiltrate simply because you're a Bible guy. Not everybody welcomes that. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's yeah. going to welcome a pastor just because you're a pastor. So people who are quote-unquote not in the ministry, end quote, put that in quotes because everybody is, but people who are not in full-time ministry have a better opportunity in one sense to reach people mm-hmm. than people in the ministry do mm-hmm. because you can access places just by being you, just by being faithful, just by working yeah. that the pastor does not explicitly have. Yeah, and like you, one of the things as you you were talking that was brought to my mind was um, the phrase in Esther where Mordecai was like, maybe you were born such a, mm. for such a time as this. And I put it like, maybe you were born for such a place as this. Amen. I'm like, I, I just replaced time with place yeah. and... It's like, maybe you were born for such a place as this. Like, you were probably the only person who is a believer Mm. that could go into this place Mm. and work at this place. Mm. And maybe then, Mm. your life will be used to point back to Jesus. Absolutely. Maybe you were born for such a purpose, such a time, such a place as this. Like, Mm. we think the desert is the desert. Like, if you live here, like we were talking about before we uh, Mm -hmm. started this... That literally from our view from the window is the flattest area you've ever seen. And it's the most, it looks deserted. Like it looks like a desert. Like if you drive outside of Odessa, it looks like a desert. But man, it's so full of people who don't know who Jesus is or who have a misconception of who Jesus is. We get the opportunity to be a part of that. And I I love that. Um, And so... As I think, yeah, as we end our podcast and in today, I have a question. And actually, this question was asked. Uh, I actually heard it from another guy who does a podcast. And the question is, at the end of your life, when you're being put six feet under and they put a, a stone, an epitaph, uh, an epitaph yeah. what is what is it that it's going to be? What do you want to be known as is the thing that's going to be written on there? Mm. What What is it that you want to be known as at the end of your life every time somebody go visits you at the mm. cemetery? Yeah, I'll say it's, it's, it's really, really fascinating that you bring up this question because I was thinking about this question last night. Mm-hmm. And I haven't wow. thought about what I want written on my gravestone ever in my entire life. Yeah. Probably. I was working out in the youth room because that's become my workout space since the gyms are closed. And I was thinking some reason that question popped in my head what do you want to be you know remembered for or whatever i think that we should be working more on our eulogy than our resume mm. you know what's going to be said about at our funeral about mm-hmm. us than what our our accomplishments were or yeah. whatever how are we going to be remembered in, in people's minds and um will people be excited to see us again in glory in heaven mm. um and that question popped into my mind yesterday for the first time ever i think I think I'd want three things written, like bullet pointed. Yeah. On on the gravestone. And the first would be, he preached the word. Mm. He preached the word. I hope that I get to do that wherever I go. Not just with you students talking in front of them or in front of people or whoever, mm-hmm. but conversations like this. Mm-hmm. I pray that I'm always sowing seeds and I'm being salt and being light and I'm making things fresh. That's what salt does. It preserves things, it makes it taste better. It just brings zest to yeah. your food. And that's what the Christian's called to do. And he does that through mm-hmm. the preaching of God's word. Go, therefore, make disciples, sow seeds, and I have all authority. And I'll do whatever I want to do. But your job is to preach the word. Yeah. And it will accomplish all that I have purposed it to accomplish. Not that all of you accomplished it or purposed it to accomplish, but all that I have in mind. Mm-hmm. Your job is to preach the word. Let me take care of the rest and sleep easy at night. Mm-hmm. Sleep easy knowing that my word won't return void. Mm-hmm. So number one, I'd love to be known as somebody who preaches the word even in just one-on-one context. Mm-hmm. So seed. So number one, preach the word. Number two, somebody who lives the word. Mm-hmm. Somebody who lives it out and isn't just lip service. And mm-hmm. somebody who, who can look at my life and see that I'm above reproach and say, that man was transformed by the word of God. He didn't just mm-hmm. talk about the word of God. And hopefully my life can show the transformative effects of mm-hmm. the word of God so that it's validated and so that they can see that, wow, somebody who actually does adhere to God's word, this is what it looks like. This is what it results in. Somebody who's more loving, somebody who's Mm -hmm. less prideful, less lustful, less greedy, less whatever, and loves God and loves people to the Mm -hmm. utmost. 
I pray that I not only preach the word, but also live the word. So number one, I guess if we're getting specific on the gravestone, number one, I hope it's a preach, somebody, this guy preached the word. Number two, this guy lived the word. And then number three, this guy prayed for me. Mm. This guy prayed for me. Um, That's so good. Whenever I'm on a phone call with somebody, uh, whether it's my, my dad or like last night it was my buddy Joe Newsbaum from college. College we made a three hour conversation. Mm. Every time I close a phone call, if it's like a longer conversation, maybe it's not if it's not like a three minute conversation where we're just getting some data across or whatever. But if it's a, a longer conversation, or, we always close the phone call with prayer. Whether it's the other person praying or it's me praying for that person. I just think that there's something so powerful about the body of Christ praying for one another mm. and bringing God's will to pass in somebody's life through your prayers mm-hmm. is an awesome, awesome mm-hmm. responsibility and opportunity that we have in the body of Christ. My prayers for Jose affect Jose's life and vice mm-hmm. versa. God's will is accomplished in my life through the prayers of the saints. And so I want to be known as somebody who prayed fervently for people. And I have all of my youth students' names on a note card that I, I work through when I'm brushing my teeth. <laughs> so make sure that I'm my gums are clean and also that the students are prayed for and I just get so much joy out of that and being able to pray for them and Come to on. see their names pop up and um, I hope that our ministry is covered with prayer and my mm-hmm. life is covered in prayer and the people associated with me are covered by my prayers mm-hmm. as well I want to be known as somebody who preaches the word somebody who lives the word and somebody who prays for people Those Come are on. three things that's good um, I love I love that I love that you we can uh, talk about that because people specifically who are believers like what kind of legacy am I going to leave behind mm. and so I think that's so cool um, since you said prayer mm. I want to end the podcast a little bit different mm. today we're going to pray mm. I'm going to have Marcus pray over um, over y'all as y'all listen and um, maybe you're not a believer mm. uh, and we might take a little bit of a different ending for on this podcast just because I just feel led to do this now um, not just pray for you um, but we've been talking about uh, all these things about being a being a Christian being a follower of Jesus and all this stuff and it's like you're listening you're like I don't know what that means I don't even know who this Jesus guy is and you're like but like you're like I want Something about their conversation is different, and you want what Marcus has, or what Jose has, or mm-hmm. or anybody else. But you want there's something that you're hearing, and you're like, I want that. I want that hope that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to let you know, like, you can have that hope. You can have that relationship with Jesus. Like, Jesus isn't a distant person. Mm-hmm. He's very close to you he wants that relationship it's as simple as turning away from your old life and making a 180 and that's what repentance means we're basically repenting basically means a 180 Mm. away from your old life to a new life and jesus is standing right there waiting for you to take that 180 Mm. um and if you want that relationship with jesus like let us know, like, if you want to start a relationship with Jesus, our, um, I'll let you, I'll give you my, my Instagram handle and, and I'll let Marcus give his, I want y'all to get connected with us so that you can have a relationship. You can start that relationship and you have people to start it with. Um, so simple as this. The gospel is this. Gospel is the good news that Jesus became man and Jesus, and that Jesus became man, and that He lived a life that we should live, died the death we all deserve, and that three days later proved that He is the Son of God, raising up from the dead, offering the free gift of of, of salvation and the forgiveness of sins for all those who repent and believe in Him. Like, if you want that, you can pray that. It's not, it's not super crazy theological. You don't have to have all these crazy Christian terms to memorize. All you have to have is, God, I'm broken, and I need you. I want you to be a part of my life. Amen. Mm-hmm.
that's as simple as that. And if you want to pray that, if you just pray that here, here in a little bit, or just you pray that now, you can, Jesus will listen. Jesus will turn and will listen and he will, he will be in your life. Get connected with one of us. Uh, my Instagram handle is at Jose Daniel 1002. And Marcus, what is yours? Yeah, so I don't have a personal Instagram handle, oh, but our youth yeah. ministry does. So if you reach out via that medium, I'll probably get it. It's uh, Bridge Builders Odessa. All one word, Bridge Builders Odessa. Our okay. ministry is the bridge, and our youth group is called the Bridge Builders. So That's awesome. Bridge Builders Odessa. That's awesome. Uh, I love that. And so if you want to connect with us, and you prayed, Jesus, forgive me because I've messed up. I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I accept your forgiveness. I accept your this gift. Save me. Jesus name. Amen. You prayed that. You connect with one of us. We just gave you our Instagram handles. We will respond. Trust me. We will respond and we will walk it out with you cuz following Jesus isn't something you walk alone. Mm-hmm. Following Jesus is a relationship with between you and Jesus and relationship with other people. And so uh, I'm going to have Marcus pray over y'all. If you've made that decision to follow Jesus, I'm going to let him pray over you and uh, just connect with us. Okay. Just let us know what you did. Uh, if you've made that decision. So Marcus, awesome. thank you pray for us. Cool. Yeah. Father Devin, thank you for today and for this awesome conversation that you've allowed Jose and I to have. God, I also praise you for the fact that your word will never return void. Come on. God, thank you that our words have been spoken, hopefully with grace and truth, and that your word has been spoken into the the atmosphere, it feels like. God, whoever's going to be listening to this podcast, you have ordained that these people listen to this podcast. You have good purposes, and you're working them out through even our podcast. It is just being spoken into the nebulous right now. God, bring people to listen to this message. Bring people to listen to your word, and help your word to convict people and prick people to the heart so that it bleeds for you. Mm -hmm. God, please, whoever is listening to this message right now, may you grant them repentance. God, may you seal them with your Holy Spirit. May they desire you. Give them new desires and new inclinations and new wants because that is the first and foremost proof that you are a new creation. So everything about you is new and you do repent like Jose said and you're going in the exact opposite direction that you were once going. So affirm the people who are in Christ that have listened to these last couple podcasts and have been encouraged, continue to strengthen their faith and continue to help them to grow near to you as you draw near to them. But for the people, God, specifically, who are listening to this maybe for the first time, who have heard our words and have heard your words spoken um, through the scriptures that we've quoted, God, may you grant repentance and may you convict of sin and of righteousness and of judgment and give them new desires that they cannot have on their own. We love you, God. Thank you for this time and this opportunity to be with Jose, for the blessing that he is to this community and to Spotify and to these podcasts and just everything that he's doing in his life. May you bless him, God, for his faithfulness to you. And it's your son's precious name that we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, Marcus, for praying for us. And uh, guys, if you, like I said, made that decision, uh, just DM us, let us know. Um, cannot wait for what god will do with this podcast cannot wait for y'all to listen to it um yeah so thank y'all for listening y'all have an amazing week amazing weekend wherever you're at whatever day it is have an amazing day see y'all next time thank y'all god bless